Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Divi Chat. Each week, some of the brightest Divi minds from all around the world get together to share their knowledge and expertise on running businesses and developing websites with WordPress and Divi. Tonight, you'll be listening to episode 34 as we talk about creating Divi plugins as a business. Let's start chatting, but before we do, let's meet tonight's panel, starting with David Blackman. Hey everybody, my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space and Divi Chat. Glad to be here this week. That's hey, it, David. Jim. You can go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gino. Oh, you're throwing me off there. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had to unmute. Gino Kiros here, founder and director of Monterey Premier. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at G-E-N-O-Q. Awesome. Hey, Gino. How's it going, Leslie? Hi, I'm Leslie Bernal of A Girl in Her Mac. Um, and by the way, I'm not a plugin developer, but I'm here to take notes because one day I will make one, damn it. Um, and you can find me at agirlinhermac.design. Awesome. SJ. What's popping in tonight? This is SJ from Divi Space, coming at you from the UK. <laughs> How's it going, Terry? Doing great, Tim. Thanks. Uh, Terry Hale with Mysegorn Inc. I like uh, long coatings on the beach here in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> awesome. Alrighty. And uh, I am Tim Streifler from DiviLife.com, and I am hosting for David Blackman. And so we were joking before we uh, went live that it's kind of like I'm student teaching because David is still here. So he's like observing and, and watching me, taking notes. Uh, he's gonna give me some pointers later on, um, but yeah. So today ah, we are. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so today we are talking about Divi plugins as a business, and so we have a great panel um, of of Divi plugin developers, and so uh, Terry and, and Gino and um, I think. Leslie put together some great questions, so I'm gonna be using those as a guide. So first and foremost, why create Divi plugins? And kind of a, a preface to that, with Divi as powerful as it is, all the modules, all the features, all the customizations that you can do. And then on top of that, with the thousands upon thousands of WordPress plugins out there, both free and premium, what's the point of Divi specific plugins? So why create Divi plugins? Whoever wants to jump in, go right ahead. I'll jump in. Um, as anybody who uses WordPress already knows, and uh, for those of you listening that haven't been using WordPress very long but just started because of Divi, uh, plugins are an essential part of the WordPress community. Um, one of the great things about WordPress is WordPress Core itself is a, a fairly lightweight application and uh, uh, gives you the basics to get your website up and running, and plugins allow you to add functionality uh, that you might need without having all this loaded into a website, uh, stuff you're not going to use. So um, it makes sense that we would create plugins for Divi because as folks who use Divi um, for client projects, not just building products for Divi, but using Divi, we, we like to keep it lightweight. We want to keep basically Divi quote-unquote core, the Divi builder, as lightweight as possible. And it makes more sense for us to add specific functionality to Divi rather than uh, ask them to add new functionality to Divi until it gets to a point where it's overloaded with bloat. So it makes sense that we, as uh, developers and in the Divi community, bring more functionality to the table outside of Divi Core and as third-party products or plugins. Awesome. Right, I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, you can think of your website as a, a, your theme, layout packs, uh, child themes as the presentation of the site. And then like Gino said, the plugins are for the actual functionality that you want to have beyond just what your basic things are that the theme comes with. Awesome. Uh, yeah. What about you, SJ? What do you think? Well, well, Tim, um, I would agree with everything that's been said so far. 
Um, but from the user experience, I would also say that Divi has a very specific back-end layout um, in the way that it uses modules. And if you use normal plugins that are available through the WordPress repository, you don't necessarily get pulled into that, that UI. So it's, if you're used to using Divi, especially for, for end clients that maybe don't, um, aren't as familiar with WordPress core as all of us are, um, you can pull in that, that user integration and with Divi plugins by adding modules so that they can add functionality in the exact same way that they would add, for example, a form or an image um, within Divi. So there is an advantage in being able to create plugins that feel more like a Divi experience um, for, the, for moderate users rather than kind of the expert users. Plugins these days, you know, some of them are quite lightweight and may not even have a settings page. Others are huge and have pages and pages and pages upon settings. Um, and if you can pull that into the Divi UI and make it easier for people, why the hell wouldn't you? <laughs> That's a really good point because uh, Divi, people, there's a lot of people that are using Divi that are brand new to WordPress. You know, Divi isn't just converting... WordPress users that have used other themes, but they're converting people that were using Squarespace or never had a word or never had a website before. And so that's a really good point. Having that consistent user interface is, is key. David, I cut you off. You were about to say something before I called an SJ. Oh, that's okay. Um, no problem. Uh, can you restate the question, please, Tim? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I think Let I go. know well enough. Why would you want? Okay, look. Uh, uh, yeah, it, here's why we created it, and maybe my experience is a little bit different than everybody else, but we kind of created it just to, to scratch our own itch, so to speak. A couple of years ago, maybe Twitter editor, and it wasn't because we thought that going into the plugin business was something that we wanted to do. We really just wanted to simplify our daily lives of creating Divi websites. So, um, you know, we wrote a plugin for it, and lo and behold, we kind of, uh, hindsight being 2020, we found on the back end that other people may want to use this plugin and stuff. So we started to circulate it and stuff. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of my experience of, of why we did it. Um, I think a lot of plugin developers do it originally to scratch their own itch. I don't think they really know, they really go out to look for, you know, hey, I'm going to become a plug-in developer and stuff. So um, don't move. Okay. How's that? We're getting a little bit. Of <laughs> all right, that's it. Jim. That's all I wanted to say. Nice. <laughs> Leslie, I think you're the only one that hasn't answered that question yet. Any thoughts? Uh, I I didn't listen because I'm not a plug-in developer. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> why why create Divi plugins? So I guess actually you could answer it a little bit differently. As a, a Divi user, you're a child theme creator, you create uh, client websites and so forth. Why would you use a Divi plugin? Um, what, what do you see the benefits as? Well, um, what's really cool, and I don't know how many all, all of you guys offer or what to that do this, but SJ has a couple out that he lets us um, Put in our child theme, so let us like roll into there. Um, so I think I have maybe Divi Widget Builder or something, or the next one coming up. I think I'm using like three of his. So it makes it cool. I, I actually what SJ's answer was is most um, close to to mine. It, it helps the user experience. You don't have that separation of the Divi look and then a completely different UI um, when you're in the back end. You know, if I have a client that wants to be back there and doing stuff. Um, but yeah, but that would be the main the main reason that I. I see the advantage of it because there's no separation of, of UI there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one thing I wanted to add to that, just in my experience creating Divi plugins, is I, I realized that a lot of Divi users they want a solution, a, a plugin that solves a problem that is made specifically for Divi. Because while most of the time, if a plugin is well coded and it's it's uh, coded up to WordPress best practices then it'll work with Divi. Divi's the most popular theme in the world. Plugin developers in the greater WordPress community know that, and so they want to make sure that their plugins work with Divi. Um, but a lot of users, they they want to make sure that whatever they're going to buy is going to work for Divi, and so a lot of users will buy a solution 
because it's specifically made for Divi. It might not be uh, as good as another third-party general WordPress plugin, but because it's made specifically for Divi, people buy it, um, which was a surprise to me when I kind of slowly started to realize that as I was logging into customer sites doing support and I would see 10 different Divi plugins on one customer's mm -hmm. website. Basically, everyone's plugins here that's on this panel. And um, yeah, so it's I, I think it just goes to show that people that are, are using Divi, they're very well invested in Divi and the Divi platform, which it has become. And so they want to use something that is is going to be tested for every new version of Divi and, and so forth. So, um, so kind of moving in a different direction, more of the business route, because I think a lot of our viewers are uh, thinking about getting into plugin development. And so we wanted to talk about some of those more business type of questions. And so this one, it's uh, kind of a double question. Uh, first of all, is being a, a Divi plugin company, is it profitable? And kind of something that goes along with that is, is the market overcrowded or is there still plenty of room for more Divi plugins? What do you guys think? No, it's not profitable at all. I don't think anyone should make any more plugins. As he's, as he's at it. his get RV this, live out in the <laughs> working from it. Actually, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, I think uh, the first question is, um, I think absolutely you have to have the right idea. So you, you got to find a need that people want and um, try to fulfill that need if you want it to be successful. You can be the greatest plugin developer on the planet. But if you're creating something that nobody wants or needs to use, then you're probably not going to be successful. Um, like, like fortunate a, like in the a, Divi like, community. Like a Divi disemboweler? Like a Divi disemboweler? Yeah, like a Divi disemboweler. I think um, you know, there's plenty of room in the Divi space because the Divi space just continues to grow and to grow and to grow, you know. A few years ago, whenever we all joined the Divi community, um, most of the people on this panel here have been around the Divi community since it started. And I don't think that we, you know, I, I think a year in, I kind of thought to myself, eh, it's going to kind of die off. It's going to kind of fizzle out. And then it just continued to go and go and go. So uh, I hope it's you guys are enjoying fad. the birds. <laughs> it's a fad. Yeah. Three years in and it's just continuing to go. So like I said, there's no room in the Divi space and there's no way to do it. So that's <laughs> Yeah, I would say, um, of course, I mean, I don't think any of us here would be, would be here if it wasn't profitable. You know, we put our time into things like this because we know that it builds a presence within that community and allows us to reach more people. So there's definitely, there's money to be made. But again, it comes down to the right idea, which tends to happen when it's something that fulfills your needs. So if it's something you go, actually, this is what, you know, I've built this because I needed it and now I can sell it. Um, that tends to be um, the better way of doing it. If you're just sat there with a, a pad and a pen going through the WordPress repository, for example, then just going, which ones of these can I rip off and make Divi? Um, I don't think that's going to be the best approach. Um, in terms of an idea. <laughs> in terms of is it oversaturated, I don't think it's oversaturated. I do think it's underdeveloped. I think the problem, if there is a problem in the Divi community with plugin developers, is that there's a lack of imagination. And one idea spurs uh, or sparks another idea that's the almost too similar. Whereas, yeah. Whereas actually there's a whole wide range of ideas that haven't even been touched in any way, shape or form within the Divi community. So if you are going to kind of jump in and, and contribute towards that community, be inventive, go out and look for things that just have not been done. And you're going you're, you're gonna to sell more because if, you, if you're doing things that have already been done, chances are people have already bought a plugin for it and they're not going to buy another one unless it's dramatically different. Yeah, and to that point too, when you go out and, and make a copycat plugin, um, it's a great way to kind of get shunned from the community. Uh, WordPress as a whole, you know, has a very strong community, and and it's kind of been said that the Divi community is is like that, only magnified. And so, uh, if you create a plugin that is inventive, like SJ mentioned, um, you're going to be supported by by other developers and uh, product creators. Um, if it complements each other's plugins, we're going to help each other grow. Um, but yeah, copycats. No one, no one likes a copycat. 
True that. What I like to do also is keep an eye on recurring issues in the Facebook groups. People that keep saying the same thing over and over again. Why doesn't Dibby do this? How do I do this with Dibby? That kind of thing. Uh, so I've got a page full of Facebook posts that I'm referring to as I'm developing my next plugin. So as far as meeting a need, yeah. And kind of like what SJ was saying, I think there's some still so much untapped potential in the bidding market for plugins. Uh, there's just things that we could do that we just haven't thought of yet. Um, obviously, I can't give any examples because I haven't thought of them yet. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's one way that, that I look at it is, yeah, filling a need and making sure that you do it right. And then probably later on in the discussion, we'll talk about how to make it uh, continue to work, even if it's really good, if you don't have a good plan to go with it, then it might not work for you. Yeah, I, I echo all those statements. Those are all good points, Terry, and and uh, and, and uh, what David and SJ said to and, and Tim. And um, I, I would only say, and this might, you, know, you guys might not like me for saying this, but I think one of the areas we need to see grow in the Divi community, is, as much as we talk about it being profitable, is uh, the WordPress community uh, uh, has grown and because of the free plugins that are, have been made available in the repo. And I think one of the things I would like to see more, um, even by us developers, is more free versions um, and uh, lightweight versions of plugins to, to make available to the community. I know we're trying to uh, work out a, a way to make uh, Divi staff available free, a version of it, and then have a premium version. And I think that would be something I'd like to see in the community. Um, but I agree, there's still so many things that uh, I wish was easily available to be able to do with Divi. Right, I like the, uh, the freemium idea also. And if you do have, uh, if you wanna just jump into the plugin development and create something that's uh, useful for the community, if it's a, a lightweight thing that solves a problem, uh, offer it for free as a, an incentive to uh, sign up for your newsletter or something like that, you know. Uh, or like you just said, you know, just as a way to uh, contribute to the community itself and uh, just get yourself some exposure. Yeah, I mean, my I I I love the freemium model, and um, I've been trying to figure out ways to to you know do free a few free plugins, um, kind of give back to the community. One one question I have for you guys is now not necessarily just for um, you know free plugins and, and stuff you're giving away, but uh, really just as a plugin developers in general, um, how does that work with support? You know, my hesitation of doing anything for free is, you know, it costs money to support. And so I guess if it's, you know, a simpler plugin that kind of just solves a quick problem and isn't something that's gonna require a lot of support, then, you know, that's a really good example of, of something to give away for free. But um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Can I jump in on that one? I agree. Absolutely. Sure, go ahead. Cool, cool. I, I would say this, uh, for somebody who doesn't have uh, who's not been in the Divi community as long as maybe some of us. Um, there were people were talking to some folks who are sort of new and are thinking about it, but maybe they don't have a name, maybe they don't have a tutorial blog or a Divi Space website with a ton of resources or existing products out there or blog posts on elegant themes, uh, tutorials like, like Leslie. Uh, that would be a great way to get started. Create a free plugin and support it in your free time. I put two or three hours a day in responding to comments on my blog, and that's what keeps me sort of in the eyes of people and, and helps me build my community. And we do the same thing in Facebook. We try to go in there and answer questions. So uh, support for a free plugin, look at it, think of it as your way of putting out uh, Divi tutorials and actually commenting, because every comment on my tutorials usually like, I like it, but how can I do this? And by taking the time to do that, it, it grows a loyal following. And so that's a great way, actually, to get involved in the community, put something out there free and support it. Uh, and then, you know, just 
you have limitations just like the WordPress repo. You know, it's there's only some things, there's there's only certain things you can support and some things that require additional functionality and may cost money for. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think I think one of the things I want to kind of piggyback on what Gino was talking about. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when we all kind of got in this space, we did have quite a few free and we still do continue to give away a lot of free content. I know SJ has he probably has the most free Divi plugins out there of anybody. Um, I, I think that, you know, Tim segued this, these questions in from a business standpoint. So if you're looking at getting into uh, plugin development as a business, you know, Gino's right in the fact that, you know, a lot of people use the WordPress repository to get known, get found, put a free product out there, build an audience, because at the end of the day, you know, you really need an audience to be able to sell your product to. And if you can have the best product in the world, but if you have no audience, then you're probably not going to make many sales. So one of the reasons why you may want to consider making a free plugin, putting it out there, is to build an audience so that you can market paid versions to later on down the line and stuff. And build an audience outside of the Facebook groups too, not just there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it it Absolutely. would help you. It would help you guys, you know, anybody doing that. <laughs> Big time. To think about as well with free plugins is that they don't have to stay free. It's, it's hard to take a plugin that you've charged for and then make it free without pissing people off but you can take a product that was free and keep adding to it until it's to a point where you feel comfortable with charging for it. And then you can put a small fee on it. And then you've already got a wide base of people that are using it and are willing to sing its praises that got it for free. Um, and then essentially your marketing force to selling it to people now that you're charging for it. So that worked for, you know, when, when I put Divi widget builder out um, originally, it was free. Um, and then I changed that after about a month after I'd got some feedback and worked out a few of the bugs um, in, into charging $5 for it. And then, you know, it didn't slow down sales at all, despite the fact that it had gone from being free to not being free. Um, sales continue to charge forward because of the amount of people that were recommending it in the groups. Um, so that, you know, that's one way of, to think about it in terms of maybe not a free and a premium version, but a free that turns premium as, as features are built up. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is, is the issue of, of support. Um, now, I, I've quoted this a bunch of times. I've probably said it on Divi Chat before, but um, it's not my original quote. It's mentioned a lot in the WordPress world, but um, people say that it doesn't matter if you're a plugin company, if you're a theme company, if you're a hosting company, at the end of the day, we're all really just support companies. Um, you know, with a lot of beginners using WordPress and, and, and Divi especially, um, there's a lot of, of manpower that is required to support plugins especially. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, was the support more than you expected, um, about what you expected? Um, what are some things that you learned kind of along the way? Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Um, I'll jump in and say that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't call on anybody. <laughs> support for me personally was was overwhelmingly more than I was expecting it to be um, at any given time, and I think it's a it's a side uh, it's a nice problem to have because essentially it comes from from growth, and with a lot of my early plugins, the growth was unexpected. Um, so, for example, with Divi Module Editor, which is the first kind of real plugin that I released, um, I went from having a hundred or so people that were interested in the beta um, to well over two thousand people in less than a week, um, and it was just me. You know, I was just sat there, kind of going wow. through emails. Poor like, SJ. <laughs> yeah. All this money rolling in. Just kidding. <laughs> There was, um, I didn't have like a ticket plugin or anything like that set up. I just had an email address that people could message and say, right, if you've got any problems, send me a message. And, you know, I was getting, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I was getting 15 or so 
support queries a day, some of which were really easy and only took two minutes to sort out. And then you start to build up an FAQ of, right, I'm getting these questions a lot. So I'll have a canned response that I can just copy and paste in. But some of them required a back and forth with me having to go into people's sites, then pass me login details and things like that. And when you think about um, how much time, because I, I originally said to myself, right, I'll set an hour aside a day for support. And that was being, you know, that, that was getting drunk up really, really quick. And it was taking time out of my development. So um, it, it took me really a year to get a full on hold of that and to get a system in place where I thought, actually, I've got this down now. Um, and recently with the Divi space merger, this is the first time in, in my kind of Divi career that I've felt fully comfortable that things are being taken care of. So I think it's definitely Aww. an easy thing to, to overlook. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's all good feels. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all the feels. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the things that um, I'll speak on support a little bit. You know, um, last year, whenever we initially went to Orange County and we met the Elegant Themes team, um, the first person that Nick Roach hired with Elegant Themes was a support person. And it was the last person that we had hired on our team. And we were, you know, we kind of felt like yesterday, you know, we were kind of overwhelmed and, you know, we thought that we needed to be focusing all of our, you know, extra funds and stuff on, you know, a developer or a front end or, or whatever it was. And when we left that um, Orange County last year, we realized that we needed to hire a support person and we ended up finding Pablo who's been phenomenal, but it has been like, like SJ kind of feels like the weight of the world has been lifted off of our shoulders, knowing that your customers are taken care of, you know, almost immediately when they come in and stuff with their issues and stuff. So um, support is a very, very big thing. One of the probably, I would say top three, if not top plug-in developers in the WordPress world period, Pippin Williamson is extremely high on support. And that's his, his, main, his main thing that he keep, keeps pushing and stuff is how important support is and stuff. So it's a very important part of it. Now, I would add to that uh, documentation. Documentation is, is a big deal. And uh, I learned this uh, by putting out the child themes before I built my first plugin. Um, that the more documented uh, everything was, the the less support you, ticket support requests you get. And so I got off very uh, light in that I hardly had any support tickets with the child theme sales for the first couple of years. Um, so I, it really wasn't an issue. I spent more time on the comments, the free stuff. But when I built my first plugin which obviously is priced uh, in, in a much lower price range than the premium child things themes. Uh, that's when it got in out into the masses. And, and fortunately I already had that customer service in place. Uh, but I, what I wish I would have done before doing that was set up a good uh, support forum knowledge base uh, so that every question that gets asked can get asked in there and answered in there and available for anybody else to see. Um, I, I didn't do that because a lot of the forums that I used before seemed like stuff would get lost and I'd always have to ask the question again. Um, but these days, like if I type in a question, it may take me to a forum link that's public and uh, the answer will be very similar to the one I'm looking for. It might be another theme, it might be another plugin, uh, but in the end it gives me the results I need or the recommendations for a plugin to recommend to my client, you know, for something that they're asking for that my plugin doesn't do. And uh, so it's something I'm working on this year, but I wish I had a good knowledge base uh, set up uh, before I launched the plugin. Because now I'm gonna have to go load all these questions into an FAQ, all these um, answers that we've built up, this library of FAQs over the last year. So that's something I wish I would have done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on that note, I use Help Scout and I know uh, David, Divi Space, and Aspen Grove, they use Help Scout as well. And um, it's, it's really great for support uh, for a couple of reasons. One is it tracks everything. So SJ was saying, you know, not using something like that was overwhelming having everything just go to his email. 
With Help Scout, it's it's saved in the ticketing system. But what's really nice about it is it looks like the cut for on the customer's perspective, it looks like you're just emailing them back and forth. It's a little more personable than than seeing you know like uh, all the ticket details that you see like some other systems like Zendesk or whatever. Help Scout, it just looks like an email, but on um, on my side, on the developer side, it's a full user interface. Um, and then additionally, they have a knowledge base built into it that you could use um, that allows you to set up an FAQ, um, documentation, and so forth. So it, it's really powerful. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, so Gina, what do you guys use? I think Leslie wanted us to all chime in and say what we use. <laughs> I use Jerry, Jerry Thank Simmons. <laughs> that's, that's support at Jerry. <laughs> we're, 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 we're gonna go with that one too, but we haven't taken the time to set it up yet. With Help Scout? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's how you say it, right? Help Scout, yeah. Help that's Scout, how I yeah. say it, at least. I don't know if it's right. <laughs> yeah, we were looking at- That's how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that everybody's recommended um, to us, and so we've been just waiting for a slow period for us to work on that and get that set up. So we don't yeah, have one yet. We're still using the old email system. And Oh, and, man, uh, poor Jerry. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. you're right. Poor Jerry, that's right. <laughs> Jerry, we're going to work on the ball. We're rooting for you, Jerry. We're rooting for you. I feel like if anyone can handle that, it's Jerry, because you just Jerry, have to be super yeah. organized, and I feel like he's a really organized person. He'll <laughs> smile doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you from, from our experience, we started out with the emailing and then we actually switched to a WPMU support system um, before we were on Help Scout. And we ultimately jumped to Help Scout and, and I'm glad that we did because of all of the features and benefits because you can do with it exactly what Gino was talking about. You can turn those um, tickets that come in into a knowledge base so that users can use as opposed to having to sift through a forum and stuff. So it's it's a really powerful platform and two thumbs up for Help Scout as well. Our affiliate links for Divi Chat will be in the show notes for Help Scout. We do really need to start that actually. <laughs> Is that all? What about I thought Zendesk was pretty popular. I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, we just we just moved to Zendesk. Uh, and now I can't even think what we were using before. Uh, I like it a lot. It's it's really powerful. Uh, uh, we have a FAQ section, like you were talking about, Gino, and uh, it's it. Our customers seem to to like it well enough, I guess. Um, like it's just within the last couple of three weeks or so. So I'm not completely one hundred percent familiar with it because I don't have to handle very much of the support at all. <laughs> You're like, I make the plugins. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I, I missed part of what y'all were talking about, but having a, a support setup and a marketing setup is, and doing the plugin and the coding and all, that's too much for one person it's, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, yeah, we're using Zendesk at Superfly. Yeah, Superfly.com. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, you actually, that was a good segue into my next question. Um, you know, the different parts of a Divi plugin business. Uh, you know, some people might think that you just create a plugin, code it, and then send it out into the world and people buy it and then it's just, you know, everyone's happy. But there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, um, a lot of different things that have to happen um, to be successful. We, we talked a lot about support already, that's a, a huge piece. Um, actually creating the plugin, um, the code side of it is obviously a huge piece as well. And then the third piece I would say is is marketing. Um, and so, uh, Terry, you mentioned you guys, uh, you have the benefit of being on the team at bsuperfly.com where you get to concentrate on creating the plugins and then you guys have the, the support team um, and then you have the other guys that do the marketing and, and so forth. Um, what is everyone's thoughts on that? Um, on, uh, I guess, delegating different tasks. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a one man shop. I have one person now that works full time doing support, but I'm doing 
the marketing. I'm, I'm doing the. I have a, a developer that helps me, but um, it is a lot of work. You know, even though I'm not doing everything, I feel like I'm doing everything, and it's a lot of work. So, what do you guys think about? Um, you know, the different pieces of the puzzle and, and how they come together and, and so forth, just so we can kind of give people that are out there considering creating a, a Divi plugin business, um, you know, a little bit of, of reality of, of what goes into it. And, um, you know, it's not as easy as just creating a plugin and then calling it a day. I, I think there's a question in there somewhere. <laughs> I would say that there are four people that you absolutely need. Um, if you're going to create a plugging business that can scale. Um, the first one is somebody that can develop that shit and actually build stuff. <laughs> the, the second one is somebody in support. The third is somebody in marketing. And the fourth is somebody that understands how to speak to all three um, and can make <laughs> happen. Because those three people speak three different languages and you need someone that's bilingual in all of them. Um, so I think that's Probably. why kind of the, the Divi space now, um, because we've, we've got those right people. And just to say as well, like if you're watching this and you're thinking, oh, this wouldn't be relevant to me, I can't start a plugin business because I'm not a developer, um, there are people here that aren't developers either and they have plugin businesses because they fill one of the other jobs and they know that they're in their best positioned to kind of get the right people to do the right jobs. So just because you're not a code monkey doesn't mean that you couldn't potentially one day have a plug-in business. Well, and actually that brings me to something that I wanted to say. I did think of something that I could speak to and that is the design of the UI as well as, um, I know yes. for me, and I, and I think a lot of people, um, we look at the land, the, the page that, the, the demo page, well of course, but um, the landing page that the product is on, um, I mean, I know sometimes it's, it, it can be just a WooCommerce product page, but other times y'all build separate landing pages, you know, um, and the demos, I mean, the quality has to be there. Otherwise, am I going to trust, you know, uh, something, if, if, if CSS doesn't look good, how is their PHP going to look? So that's kind of what I think um, of too. So do y'all all have a designer on the team or how does that work for each of you? Yeah, yes, definitely here. And thank God for that because I cannot design at all uh but yeah having having people we talked a little earlier about creating free stuff uh getting yourself known in the community is a form of marketing uh that gets you known it, it people come to you when you have good products and they respond to you when you say something um so wow i just lost my train of thought <laughs> okay <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to have a designer. We're we're work. I'm, I've got somebody working on layouts for my next plugin for me also. Yeah, design. That was that's like the other piece of the puzzle. It kind of goes hand in hand with the marketing. But thanks for bringing that up, Leslie. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't ever say that again. I'm just uh, yeah, I know it's it's different, but it's in my head sometimes. I, I yeah, categorize yeah. it as the you same. You have to wear all those hats sometimes. So yeah, exactly, and. Like for, for me with, with Divi overlays, the plugin was done for several months um, before I launched it. And it was because I was building all the examples, um, you know, creating the demo site, creating a promo video. Um, and ad in addition to that, that was before I had a support person. So I was also doing support for my other products. Um, but yeah, uh, just a tip for anyone out there make it look good. Um, and uh, hire a designer if you need to, if, if you're not a, a skilled designer, um, and build lots of examples to show what what your your product is capable of. Because um, some people are really good at seeing like the functionality, reading features, and then they can kind of connect the dots and and they can kind of visualize what the plugin is capable of, and and you know they can already start thinking of all these different things that they could create with it, and and so forth, and um, all these different examples. Um, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people need to see it, and they need to, um, you know, see it in different scenarios. You know, depending on the plugin. So um, that was something that was helped Divi overlays be really helpful. Is um, in the promo video and the screenshots, I created a lot of different examples of of what what is possible with the plugin. Um, basically, just to show people like this is what you can do if you buy the plugin. And so yeah. So a demo page is documentation and marketing put together if it's well done 
yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Kind of teaches you how to use it while they're yeah looking through it. Absolutely. And David, you have um, why well, I know you have at least one designer, right? Do you have more than more than one? Uh, for the plugins, uh, for the plugins. Are you saying that my design sucks? Is that what I'm hearing you <laughs> no. say? No, <laughs> I, I wanted to, to talk no. about your awesome design you have, actually. No, we, 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 we are fortunate. We do have a pretty good designer in-house. I agree. I'm, I'm kind of, um, I'm not a designer. I'm not a developer. Um, I'm probably leaning more towards the marketing business side of things. Um, but, you know, design is definitely something that is hugely important because it is a marketing tool. I mean, people, you know, if they see something that looks good and does what they want it to do, they're, if they have to choose between two products, um, they're probably going to go with the one that looks better and the one that more attracts to them and stuff. So it's, it's just a huge marketing advantage. Um, I may seem like I'm covering my mouth, but I'm trying to block the wind from, you know, getting a lot of wind noise and stuff. You're welcome. Sounds good. You're welcome. <laughs> You look like you're giving a very serious news report. <laughs> yes, it is. As a matter of fact, I am coming to you live from Marble Falls. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I will speak to the, um, you know, to the business side of plugins, that, which is is very very important. Um, can you do it alone as a solopreneur? Absolutely. I think there's several people on the panel who have already proven that, that it can happen. Is your life easier if you are able to have a support person, have a designer, have all of the pieces of the puzzle in place, a marketer that are going to help you? Um, absolutely. But if you can't afford to do that and you really want to dive in and stuff, dive in. You know, create a plug-in, go to town if it's successful you're going to be able to hire a support person and a designer and stuff like that. So don't let that discourage you from not doing it. Um, you know, yeah, go ahead I mean, and give it a shot. If SJ can do it, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> if SJ can do it. <laughs> Love you, man. can do it. <laughs> SJ is actually one of those guys, I forget who it was, Tim, maybe a second ago, that's, Somebody can see all of the different possibilities of what something can do. And SJ is one of those people. He's able to see, you know, the power in functionality of what it'll achieve and stuff. So, and that's huge. Not everybody has that. That's a, that's a, a very unique, talented gift that he has, the ability to see, you know, truly the potential of what a functionality can do and stuff. And that, that's important. Right on. Yeah. But but don't market your, your products to the SJs of the community because there's very few. <laughs> SJ is one of a kind. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the problem as well is that people tend to kind of think in their own mind and you need to take a step back and say, actually, if I was coming to this with fresh eyes, would it still all make sense? Um, and I think that's one of the things that having team members is good for because there's things that I've put on the table and I've gone, I think this is ready to go. And everybody else has gone, what the hell are you talking about? I've got no idea what it does. Yeah. And I'll go back and kind of go, oh yeah, I should have explained this, this, and this. <laughs> and you I'm know, sure the opposite happens a lot too, where you think, oh, it's not ready yet. It, you know, I just need to add one more feature and your other team members can be like, no, we're ready to ship. Like this is, this is done. And that's kind of like the, the common thing with entrepreneurs. We've got tweets lined up, we're ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, what are what are some uh, pieces of advice that you all can give to someone that is um, wanting to get into Divi plugin development? What are some things that you wish you would have known? Have your documentation ready before you release it. Very good point. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, so to piggyback off of that. Um, videos. People love videos. So I do documentation text with screenshots as well as videos. Show your mum. What? Show, show your mum what you, what you made and then if she can understand it uh -huh. and it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not a bad always, idea actually. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was making a joke but that's a really good I mean, point. What did you call his mom? <laughs> yes, especially if you're targeting the do-it-yourselfers. You really need to 
it needs to be that simple. They need to be able to figure it out. That's a great point, Ashtray. Man, I thought you I said thought, show I, your bum, and that's yeah, that works for you, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, carry one on. The, one of the things that for me is is uh, kind of important is is hurry up and get it out to market. Don't wait for it to be finished. Don't wait for it to be perfect. First to market is sort of my kind of uh, philosophy with with products. First to market, and then be prepared to. Um, uh, do updates. So I would say if you're going to build a plugin, you're going to want to look at the um, where is it here? The Giannis Elst plugin auto updater found on GitHub, and that's um, and learn how to set it up so that you can serve updates right there into the dash the user's dashboard, so that you can you know roll out fixes, you can roll out updates, you can roll out new features. Um, quickly and easily without them having to re-download the plugin. Uh, so I would recommend, you know, learn how to add in that auto-update plugin and just plan on on releasing many updates. There'll be fixes that come along. There'll be new features that you want to add, but if you wait to get everything that's in your imagination on there, um, there'll be somebody else out there with a plugin before you doing the exact same function. So I would say, you know, get it out in the market and then do updates. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that, Gino. Use a uh, future functionality as sort of an enticement to go ahead and get it now because later on we'll be adding more stuff to it. And uh, and while I'm thinking about it, uh, we're going to have some links, I guess, in the show notes uh, for tutorials on building plugins. So, which leads me to say, don't don't spend 30 minutes learning how to build a plugin and then think that you're ready to start doing it. You need to spend some time going over lots of tutorials make sure you just got it all in your head that'll save you a lot of trouble down the road that's awesome uh w one thing i wanted to say about uh gino's point gino you shared on on facebook the other day matt mullenweg's article talking about some of his experience with wordpress in the early days and um you know wanting to to pack in those last minute features and and so forth and he kind of uh paralleled that with Apple and the first iPhone and how the first iPhone was revolutionary. However, it still had things that people wanted. And so the day it came out, people were, were saying it doesn't have cut and paste. Uh, it doesn't have this. It doesn't have that. And so, you know, just just ship, you know, get it out there. And I, I, I tried to follow that with um, with Divi overlays. Um, you know, it's it's essentially a, a pop up builder. I don't like to limit it to calling it a pop up builder, but um, I launched it without having automatic tr triggers. And so um, that was a, a key feature that I planned on adding. And to Terry's point, that was kind of what I was using as to entice people. You know, here's the um, the development life cycle, or I guess the the future plans of of the um, of the the plugin. Uh, and so that that I guess that could be a piece of advice that I would give is, um, you know, have it be a plugin that you plan on developing and adding features to, and um, you know let people know what, what your plans are because people uh, will invest in the, the future of the plugin as well as, you know, the current state of it. Right. I know people Just, look at plugins in the repo and if your last updated date was two years ago, it's not going to be uh, very enticing. Sorry, SC, go ahead. <laughs> Just to speak to what's yeah, offering people kind of a, a window into your, your, your future versions. Um, just two warnings with that. Be be vague um, for two reasons. Firstly, because you don't want to promise things that you then can't deliver. Um, but secondly, um, people will just take your roadmap and try and build it themselves and then get there before you um, and cut you out of the loop. So for, for two reasons, just be very, very careful about how you um, you format those insights into your future development and just protect yourself so that you know your whatever plugin that you develop uh, and put time in continues to be a good investment for you um, for months and years into the future yeah that's a good point and, and for me point, yeah. it, it was kind of it was the features that people would were kind of the obvious features you know in a pop-up builder to have automatic triggers exit intent etc and so it wasn't like I was like there's still some features that I kind of hold close to the chest. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. You know, you don't want people, the copycats taking your roadmap and uh, creating a competitive plugin.
I think uh, one of the things that I want to think that's, that's very important, it's, it's not something that I, you know, struggled with because that's just kind of how my brain works um, is an audience. You need to understand your audience that you are building the product for and understanding their need and also building that audience. So have a plan and a strategy in place, even if it's um, something very simple as, give away free products for email acquisition so that you can market to them later whenever you are ready to launch your product it's very important um you know that side of it having an audience to pitch to because like leslie said you know um you're probably going to get kicked out of facebook groups as if you just only go in the facebook groups and promote your products over and over and over again um you know build up value and in, in, in your company and stuff and then let people you know um well marketing is just important i'm not going to give a marketing crash course <laughs> if it's good people will buy it <laughs> yes um awesome so we are about out of time so to keep up with tradition uh let's go through and, and i'll just say a, a final thought you know uh last few sentences of advice to give to someone who is uh, wanting to get into the Divi plugin market. Terry, let's start with you. All right, man. Um, every new install of WordPress comes with Hello Dolly. Uh, that may not be your favorite plugin in the world, but it's very simple. And if you just look at the file, you can go to your WordPress uh, admin area, go to plugins, and then editor and then pull up Hello Dolly from the drop-down list. Just look at that file. That'll give you the very basic uh, format that a plugin requires. Awesome. I'm That's done. Who'd you call on? Are we on me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said SJ at the same time as someone said something else, and so it kind of disguised Oh, me. OK. <laughs> um, I, I would just say, just make sure that you've got um, you've got good people around you that you can kind of show the stuff that you're working on and can trust them to give you honest feedback. Um, as Terry said earlier, don't simply go to the, um, to, to wordpress.org, um, have a quick look at how to build a plugin and then think, right, I'm done. I can start selling this stuff for money. Cause unfortunately it's not that easy. And if it was, then we'd all be doing it. Um, so yeah, just take your time, um, build something for yourself first. Um, get the functionality in place and then start looking at things like the automatic updates and the better ways of handling the UI on the back end and things like that. Um, and then once you're happy with that, think about giving out for free for a while and then just see how you get on. Build up a base for yourself. Once you've got 500 or so people that you can, you can send out an updated version to, then you've got yourself a plug-in business at the very kind of basic level. And then just start building up your team and do good shit. Excellent advice. Leslie? Um, I guess I, I would just say again to uh, design the demo page well, the landing page, um, any, any design elements, make sure they're done well. If you're not in a position to have someone, a professional designer, help you or partner with, um, take put more time aside so you, know, so you can do it if you're going to do it yourself and maybe you're not a designer, just maybe plan for more time. Um, and if you are in a position, then try partnering with a designer for, for just those things or something, um, or to help with UI, whatever you need. But, but make sure it's designed well, because that's the door in that we see. Um, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you shouldn't wait until the morning of launch day to do your demo page, because that's, that's kind of what I did. And yeah. Unless you're Tim. Unless you're Tim. Well, it doesn't look as nearly as good as it could if I would have. <laughs> done what you just said. <laughs> well, the good thing is with Divi, if you have to put something just out of the box Divi, it's not the worst thing you can put out, right? I mean, it might be plain or a little bland, but it's going to be minimal and clean and, you know, yeah, it, it will be fine. <laughs> really good points. Thanks, Leslie. Gina? Yeah, I would say this. To anybody who's never built a plugin but starting, uh, I like the thing about Hello Dolly that Terry shared because I didn't even know really know what that was there for. That's pretty exciting, pretty neat little uh, nifty thing to know. But man, when you build your first plugin, you're going to be so excited, 
And so I encourage you guys. I, I know when I got my first working plugin, uh, it wasn't it wasn't big and fancy. I just got something to work based on the tutorial, and um, and it was so exciting. And then I went on to develop it over the next few weeks into what became Divi Staff. But here's a great easy one, sort of easy to follow and figure out is how to create um, meta boxes for your posts. In other words, uh, additional boxes on the bottom. And there is on GitHub, it's Web Dev Studios, and it's custom meta box uh, version two, CMB2. And they give you everything you need to create your own plugin to add these meta boxes to your post types, uh, additional data. And so between that one and wpbeginner.com, has a great uh, one, and we'll put the links in there. I'll give them to Leslie to put in there. It's how to create custom post types in WordPress. Those two items will will show you how to create your own plugin to do these things. So if you want your own custom post type, that's what I use to create Divi staff. So maybe you want to you know try to replicate that. Use those two uh, URLs and and see if you can build one or the other as a plugin based on those. And once you get it working, you'll feel like uh, like you're a rock star, trust me. <laughs> so just build something, build something that's already out there, even if you have to. Great tips, thank you, Gina. David, how Can about I just you? say one other thing, just of quickly? Course. So if you go to divi.space and you go into plugins and you look at free plugins, um, you'll see three in a row. So you'll see extra login, you'll see divi pop-up maker extension, and you'll see default page builder layout for blogs. Now, all three are free, so you can download them, you can unzip them, and you can have a look at them, right? Extra login will show you how to apply customizer changes, um, which is great for Divi. Divi Pop-Up Maker Extension will show you how to enable the Divi page builder on custom blog posts. And the default page builder layout will show you how to add a module to Divi. So those are three things that are, are absolutely you know, vital if you're going to build a decent plugin for Divi. So they're free. Go download them, unzip them, rip the crap out of them, take what you need, leave <laughs> what you don't, and then you'll be somewhere where you can start. Nice. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. All right, David, how about you? Final thoughts? Uh, I guess my, my final thoughts were, are, um, you know, find a mentor, find somebody that you can talk to, somebody who um, will share their experience with you on this journey because it is, um, it, it's not a fast, quick turnaround thing. It's, it's, if you're in it for the long haul, I would encourage you to find someone that you can speak to and stuff. Um, there's plenty of people out there. I think everybody on this panel here, um, you know, speaks to a lot of people that reach out for help and stuff. So, um, find somebody that's, that's, that's doing what you want to do and, um, you know, ask them if you, if they've got time to chat and stuff. Awesome. And then go make a million dollars with your new Divi plugin. <laughs> right on. Yeah, which it, it's worth noting, as uh, everyone probably uh, will have guessed by now at this point of the podcast, that this is not a, uh, a get-rich-quick scheme by any means. Um, if you're going to do it, you have to be in it for the long run. Otherwise, you will fail. Um, so... Uh, that wasn't my bit of advice. My bit of advice, my final <laughs> thought, that was just something I thought of when David Don't was. fail. <laughs> um, my, my final thought is regarding support. Um, and we, we talked a lot about having the right person and, and brings people on to help you and so forth. Um, but in the beginning, don't be afraid to um, you know, wear multiple hats uh, and, and do the support yourself because I, I think there's a lot of value in supporting your customers yourself in the beginning and being able to to see the questions that that they're asking and the um you know the types of things that they're struggling with a so you can get to know your audience better and create other uh plugins in the future but also you'll be able to see different ways to improve the product and and, and squash bugs and and so forth um so yeah that is uh the end of our, our podcast. So thank you to all of our wonderful and knowledgeable panel for sharing all of their wisdom. Thank you everyone for, for listening to another episode of Divi Chat. And you can head on over to divi.chat for the show notes. And then you can watch past episodes 
And you can also vote on future topics that we talk about on future episodes of Divi Chat. So uh, quick announcement, next week is the 4th of July holiday in the USA. And so we will be taking a break for the holiday and then we will resume two weeks from today. I don't think we have a topic yet. Do we, Leslie? Yeah, yeah. it's um, we do? Custom, okay. custom post types and custom fields with Divi. Um, and I think uh, Roby Lawrence, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Robbie or Roby. Roby Lawrence is going to be coming on um, for that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, that'll be great. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. That's David's supportive laughter. <laughs> I'm trying to like keep things moving along and David keep dropping it. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never on this side very much. I really enjoy it. You know? I got to heckle, heckle you sometime. You know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And until next time, take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.